Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the F- F- Flock, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. What is happening, Pastor Joel? Hello. A lot. A lot's happening. A lot is happening. Yes. A lot of good things going on in our world. Uh, the blue light's on, as they say. As they say, <laughs> yeah. it is on. Awesome. So today's topic is kings and retirement. Ooh. Yeah. So what is the background of this topic, Pastor Joel? It's interesting. What, are there kings in the church? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So the background, we talked about First Samuel chapter 8 in a previous episode as it related to to the roles of um, leadership being kind of fumbled with, but we're seeing some other impact from that, that time period in history, what we see before, before the events of first Samuel chapter eight, while God used judges to relate to the people, God's method of leadership could be seen by how he handled the priests. Hmm. So first Samuel eight, is famously known as the record of the people asking God to give them a king like the other nations to rule them in place of the judges. The result was people began looking to the king instead of God and the priests. In other words, the people began looking to a man instead of God. So can you just, briefly explain the difference between what a judge was and what a king was so the king is is the guy who's just the really the authority he's he's in charge he makes all the decisions and he comes up with all the ideas and he just doesn't answer to anybody okay the judge was a leader who the reason it was even called judges is because what they did is they, they gave counsel as it related to judging causes of the conflicts between people. Mm. What they would judge is what's the cause of the conflict. So they wouldn't even necessarily judge the people. Their, their role was to judge causes. So for instance, all these people bring their conflicts to Moses. Nice. And Moses's job was to judge the causes of those conflicts so that those conflicts could be resolved. The King's job is just to be in charge and tell people what to do. Nice. Cool. So that's great. Thanks for that clarification. So how have people been hurt by this in the church, this whole, this King topic? Really it comes down to this King mentality that has infested the leadership my fingers are in quotes leadership of the church so god has one concept for leadership and man has a completely different concept a completely different approach and we can actually categorize god's mentality of leadership through the word husbanding the actual definition of that word is not the man in a marriage relationship. The word husband or husband man or husbanding 
is a role of a person who's focused on helping others grow. And actually, the etymology of the word gets down to it's really a farmer, somebody who works land. That's a husbandman. Nice. God's mentality for leadership is husbanding. He's focused on helping others grow. And God had his priests. His priests were his method of, of accomplishing this, right? So what a priest would do at 25, the priest would start their service. And they would retire at 50. Hmm. The reason they'd retire at 50 wasn't so that they could go and drink Mai Tais on the beach and not think anymore and not serve. I was looking forward to that. I know. That was my plan. <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I unconsciously confronting myself? <laughs> it feels like it. The reason they'd retire at 50 was so they could start training the next group of leaders. So man's mentality can be categorized really as a boss. Mm. They're focused on growing themselves, which is the king mentality, right? Okay. And kings are bosses until the day they die. They reign until they die. So that's really this kings in retirement issue is this king mentality is I'll be in charge until when? Until I die. Wow. So people that hold to this belief, how do they support the position in the Bible? They can't. Really? That's what, yeah, they can't. Oh, so wow. what, the, what they'll do is they'll usually point out that they founded the church. So, hey, I started this church. I'm in charge. It's my job. I have the authority here. Mm-hmm. And, and really what these people end up having to do to support their perspective is they have to ignore the old Testament and how God set up, especially the parts before first Samuel eight. And, and unfortunately the new Testament has been misinterpreted and, and translated in such a way that it helps these, especially pastors rationalize away their role because the word pastor isn't really used in the New Testament. The word the word is elder, and the, an elder is a pastor. Nice. But for some reason, pastors have separated themselves away from what the role of an elder is. But ultimately, I would say, so if, if I was to use any scripture to support this perspective, it would be during the time where the kings were reigning in Israel, and it would be, it would, the only support is really bad support of what it looked like. Cause these Kings who were reigning until they died and who were, who weren't developing other people is not the model for which we should be applied, should be applying to ourselves as it relates to us being pastors and leaders in the, in the church today. Awesome. So what is the, defense strategy against this what's the actual issue going on here with this this king's topic right so if someone's trying to argue for just being in charge and being in charge until the day they die or until they retire um and i'll say retire even even the vacation style retire is one of the issues is these people think the church belongs to them. It's their church. It's their sheep. 
Uh-huh. So one of the questions I could ask somebody is who built, who really built this church? And their response to that question is going to show whether or not they're in pride. That Their response to that question could even show if they're treating their church like a business. And some of the other classic questions that I think we've even covered in other episodes is asking, you know, these definition questions are always a great defense strategy. It's always, it's always great to ask somebody. So what's your definition of a leader or even asking them, are you facilitating your own purpose and progress at the expense of your church? Like, or are you growing your church or are you growing yourself? So those are great questions to ask too, to, to hopefully help somebody with this mentality, recognize a different perspective than what they're holding. Awesome. So this King perspective is that how it used to be is there used to be a focus on judges and husbands who helped with causes, helped grow someone's land, helped grow the people. They were leaders, right? And now what happened, you mentioned the first Samuel eight, where it snuck in to our belief system as, you know, Bible believers that having a king is okay. And that that's something that is actually now grown through the church to be something that's celebrated, adopted, normal in the church to be, Hey, I started this place. I want to grow this place, but at the expense of the people that are happening, that, that are in the church, which if, if, you know, when, and then you talked about being a boss where these Kings are bosses, they're facilitating themselves. They're trying to grow their kingdom at the, at the expense of the people. They're conquering Kings, but in the tangible realm, right? Against people, against, against the physical realm. Jesus was a conquering King. He conquered darkness. Nice. And, and he did it all for everyone else's benefit. Nice. That's great. Cool. So let's go on to the loose. Actually, you know what? We have a call pastor Joel. Oh, nice. From pastor Richard Tater. All right. Go ahead, Dick. You are on the line. Hello, yes. Uh, Pastor Joel, Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater. I'm calling from McMillan, Alabama, and I have somewhat to say upon the matter of kings and retirement. Now, the Bible clearly states in Revelation 1 that... I am a royal priesthood. He has made us kings and priests. Let's look at that passage right now. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins is his own blood, and he has made us kings and priests, Pastor Joel, to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, I just read Kings, Pastor Joel, Pastor Jonathan. Oh, how about this in 1 Peter 2, 9, where we are called a royal priest. Priesthood. Yeah. So now I will hang up and I will listen to your comments as I just quoted the scripture. And I just want to let you know that this is my favorite podcast. To hate. God bless. Okay. Hey, thank you for the call, Pastor Dick. Always appreciate your calls, Pastor Dick. Uh, Pastor Joel. Any comments on what Pastor Dick shared? 
Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for the call. I'm honestly, I'm shocked he doesn't know his Bible. I thought that was one of the things that that he did have a strength in, but I'm I'm shocked because the reality is the verse, the verses he shared aren't really talking about the topic we're talking about today. Mm. That verse from Revelation, kings and priests, is referencing something that'll be happening in eternity, and the royal priesthood has uh, is another thing it really is just talking about us being adopted heirs Hmm. so it's more about salvation this is not meant to say you're in charge you're a king so yeah i'm just kind of i'm surprised i thought i thought he knew his bible more or better than that okay there we go so let's go to the other side of this argument, Pastor Joel. Let's talk about the loose perspective. What is the loose perspective? What is the other side of this argument, PJ? The other side of this would be, you know what? Maybe maybe taking this royal priesthood verse to its extent and saying we are all kings. Mm. We're all priests. There's no really no leaders. We're all equal. Actually, you could see this is being, this would be a similar mentality that we, when we talked about the women in leadership where the feminism topic came up. Sure. And it's really that same perspective, but in relation to leadership and really just saying, we're all leaders. We're all Kings. We're all in charge as much as anybody else. Okay. So it's like saying we're all bosses. Yeah. (laughs) yep okay so how how have people been hurt by that perspective well i i like that you said bosses because that's really this perspective is the logical result or response to a a person would have to abuse from a boss Hmm. so if i'm a person who has had abuse happen to me from a boss it would be a logical response for me to be in a place where I'd be like, you know what? There are no bosses. There are no leaders. No one's in charge. I'm not taking direction from anybody anymore. I'm just as much of a leader as anybody. So the way I'd help these people then. So what would be, because remember this side, the, the, this loose side are people who don't, really have the ability or willingness to be directly confronted. So I know you and I, Pastor Jonathan, spend a lot of time making sure how we confront people is for their benefit. That's right. And we spend a lot of time learning and determining how to, how to diagnose where a person is or what part of their brain they're using. And these people, they're using just their unconscious brain and, what that means is we can't directly just discuss doctrinal issues with them. So the way to confront these people, we call it an unconscious or indirect confrontation. And it is these, these questions we ask something like what I would ask this person is, do you get mad when others don't accept your help? Oh, that's awesome question. Even do you think this is honoring to God or a good example to unbelievers? Because mm. now this is a callback to the humility episode because a person who's 
not willing to take direction from someone else and not willing to hear another perspective is in pride. Mm. And they're not an example of what we've discussed as one of the foundational characteristics of a Christian is they're humble. So those would be some questions I'd ask a person in order to hopefully help them recognize that it's leadership's a benefit. Right. Man, if you had someone in your life that facilitated your, your purpose and progress, like helped you grow to becoming everything that you're made to be. I, I, I mean, the leaders in my life, I love those people. Oh, I, yeah. owe, I owe those people what I see more than, you know, more than people being led is people being bossed. And then they go all the way to the other side of the argument and just try to be done with it and try to, you know what? I haven't been led. I haven't experienced being led. I don't think I can be led. So therefore there must not be a leader. This is that it reminds me of your story of this being disenfranchised with the church where mm-hmm. what a lot of people end up doing is, you know what? The pastors in my life have been abusive. Yeah. They haven't been leaders. So instead of recognizing it's the pastor's fault, the pastor's a bad leader. Right. I blame the church and I blame God. Mm. Like Christianity in and of itself must be garbage then. Mm. So, uh, that's all so that is that's not going into this ultimate answer that's going to the all the way to the other side which we know doesn't work either oh man and that just brings up another point that i was thinking where you're the people that are leading you the people that are leading us we ought to want to be led by them because they are the most humble people we know nice so if we're not seeing that in other people i mean I don't, I don't think that's God's fault. And if, if someone's listening out there that has been hurt by these bosses and these Kings, no, that's not your fault. That's not your fault that you are a part of the church because pastor Joel and I, we see that we see Kings so much more than we see leaders. Right. So when you see this going on in the church, pastor Joel, what are your thoughts? Well, I I try to see this in a way where I I don't get upset at the people who are emulating this this issue. I do get upset, though, at the man-made doctrine Mm -hmm. that's taking the place of God's word and it's making God's word void because it is man-made doctrine that, that these people are embracing to set themselves up as kings and to have this, I'm going to be a king until the day I die mentality. Hmm. So I do, I try to stay away from being upset at the people. If I'm upset, I'm upset at the doctrine. Nice. But I see this manifest itself in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. So there's people I feel sorry for. These are the people who, these are the bosses. They set themselves up to be the authority. They don't train anyone to lead so that they can develop the next generation. And they're thinking that they are right by doing man's plan because they're ignorant of what the word of God actually says. 
And the reality is this person goes back to earlier in the episode. This person is, is better equated as a business person. Wow. And not a pastor. There's people I understand the people who have been definitely impacted by this doctrine as well. This man-made doctrine. I understand the people that have been hurt by bosses and they don't know what a leader is because they've never seen a pastor actually be a leader. There you go. However, these people know it isn't right what they experience, but what they're doing is better than, or their, their response to this is it's better than being abused. So it is people who recognize I don't want to be abused anymore. I'm going to get myself out of an abusive situation. Right. However, these people may yet to have embrace a true leader. Mm. They may, they may be stopping themselves from actually experiencing what healthy leadership looks like. And then there's the people we're impressed with. And unfortunately it's few and far between. Like you yeah. said, we see a lot more Kings than we do leaders. Yeah. These are the, the people we're impressed with are leaders and pastors that are focused on leading the entire church. And they're making sure that there are people getting trained to take their own place. Wow. Like the Bible said, the priest did at 50. Powerful stuff. So what is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? The ultimate answer is the pastor of the church ought to realize that it's God's church. And it is a ministry it's not a business. And the way you can even see the difference between those two is the goal of a business is to make money. The goal of a business is to make money. The goal of a ministry is to, to provide a product or a service. So the goal of a business to be is to make money and it's done through a product or a service. Nice. The goal of a ministry is to provide that service and the way it's done is through resources, which include money, but the money isn't the focus. The service that's being provided is the ultimate goal there. So one of the ways that you could know if it's a ministry or a business is if that ministry is going to provide the service regardless of the money. Yeah. We're uh, going to find a way to do this. Right. We're not going to gain the money to do it. We're going to do this thing. Right. So remember, God's plan is for these priests to begin at 25, which means before then they're getting trained, and to stop leading at 50 and to start training the next generation, hmm. which is why God warned us about kings. And to go back to Pastor, Pastor Tater's phone call again, we will talk about eternity and what that all looks like and some of these implications in a later episode, but God is going to turn the kingdom over to Jesus in eternity. So there's a lot going on here as far as the difference between kings and priests and leaders and, and judges, but ultimately we see God's plan is about growing a group of people and a king's plan is about growing themselves. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. 
This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.